Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. We gotta hurry through this thing. Man. That's we the got... impression I'm getting. You looked at your watch just as we were starting. And, uh... It's three thirty. We have to be somewhere far away at five. Oh yeah, and I wanted to get a cheesesteak before we got there too, so we gotta rush. Well you're gonna drive well I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna ride. This is not important. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well I'll tell you where we're gonna be, everybody. We gotta be uh, we're recording two episodes of the Paul Goebel show, which by the time this episode is up, one of them will probably be available. I'm not sure. Eh, probably not. Probably yeah, not. they got a long lead time over there at the Goebel show. They do actually. Um, I really think ahead over there. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh anyway, uh wanted to mention uh happy new year everybody. Right? Yeah, wait. No? No. No, no it's still December? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, because today's the 20th, and this will go up next week on the 27th. Right. I'm in St. Louis right now. Oh, man. I'm in, uh, where am I? I think I'm still in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, um, ha- well, happy, you know, New Year coming up. There will be a New Year before the time we get another Happy holidays, episode. I think is what you could say. Sure. Yeah. Um, Special thanks to uh, Sean Conroy. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. But uh, well, we we have we have a new development, right? Or were we, we going to wait? Oh, that. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. A new development. We are poorly prepared for this episode, aren't we? Yeah, we're kind of half-assing our way through we're it. That's in, fine. We're in a bit of a rush. It's the holidays. You know what? No hey. one's listening to this anyway because they're. That's true. They're all drunk on eggnog. Eggnog is terrible, by the way. I never. I've never had it. It never seemed appealing to me. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to drink eggs and alcohol? <laughs> That's, yeah, I guess nothing about that uh, no. is for me. It's ridiculous. Um, Are they scrambled eggs? <laughs> okay, David, what's this new development I've been hearing so much about? Uh, so there's a new way to donate to the show. Yes. It's easy. You don't have to think about it. That's right. Right? You know, I, I, I know that of the thousands of people who listen to us, a handful of them really like the show. Yeah. And I'm sure that, um, as I know, because I listen to lots of podcasts, and there are plenty yeah. of podcasts that I'd be happy to to, to, give, to give a, a, a buck or two right. uh, to every once in a while to keep them going. Uh, because, you know, this does cost us a little bit of money. It's yeah. not, you know, we're not making a feature film over here, but, it, right. you know, we have to put some money into it. But here's the deal, right? Uh, you can go over to our website, yeah. and you can essentially sort of uh, subscribe in, in a way. Yeah. Where uh, not subscribe to the show like through iTunes. That's right, a you're already going to get the show whether you pay for this or not. Right, you know. Uh, but uh, you just go over and you, and you sign up two bucks a month. Yeah, comes out of your uh, your, account. your account. You know, you, you give them. You give. I mean, PayPal. They they're it's a it's a watertight operation over there. You don't have to worry about giving them your number. Yeah, tight you know? ship. Uh, and. Uh, Two bucks a month comes out. Yeah, you, you don't even feel it. Yeah, you know. So it's two bucks a that's, month. That's that's keep the change money. Yeah, that, it sure is. For for you who are uh, bank with Bank of America, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, and uh, and basically, it will it will last for a year. So uh, that's a total of twenty four dollars taken out of your account over the course of one year. Um, and as David said, we're not charging for the show. We probably will never do that. We'll definitely never do that. Okay, yeah, well, uh, never say never. Okay. I learned that from James Bond. Um, but never say never again. Right. Um, but, Unofficial. Uh, un- what? Unofficial, that's right. Not officially part of the canon. Yeah, although it was Sean Connery. Yeah. So yeah, That's a weird film, that. Anyway, but um, but yeah, so... Well, you, I, you and all the listeners know how I feel about James Bond. I know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Who cares? Dumb. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I... Um, so we're not going to charge for the show. Uh, but there are costs, and there are things that 
we want to do with the show. Um, and we've really appreciated your donations absolutely. so far, and that will still be an option. You know, yeah. you could still do a one-time donation if you, yeah. you know, your grandma gives you twenty-five bucks for Christmas. What else are you going to spend it on? Right. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's. I would say I was about to make a joke like, "What are you going to spend it on yourself?" You know what? You pay for this show. You are spending it on yourself because you will. Get because so every, much out when of we it. sit here in these chairs every week, yeah. across from each other, we have one thing in mind, and that's keeping the listeners happy, giving them a good show. In fact. We, we we torture ourselves if we feel that we haven't provided a perfect show for the listeners. The first thing you said wasn't true. second part you said is true, actually. <laughs> like, I'm not that concerned about it going in, but if it doesn't go well, I hate myself for a week. And I hope. It's like, oh, I hope I can redeem myself next week. <laughs> um, but, uh, Which but, you, seven days later you then forget about that right, feeling. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, but, uh, so, no, anyway. Yeah. That's like we said. It's really you go to battleshipprotection dot com. You go down to the it's at the bottom of the page. Right? Well, I actually set up a whole other a whole new page uh, that just it's donate. It has both options: the one time donation and the subscription. Uh, so you can just go there. Okay, so there's no subscription button on the front page. There's a there uh, no. There's just the regular donate button on the front page. All right, this is good for listeners to know. Yeah, because they might think they're if they donate two dollars to us, they might think they're subscribing. Go, right. No. That's not going to happen. No, Make no. sure you go to this specially designated page. Yeah, and uh, and um, it, it'll really help us. And I, I promise you, you won't feel a thing. Yeah, it's at the very top of the page. You know, there's there's that list of buttons at the top of the page. It's on the far right, and it just says donate. Where, where the eye naturally goes. <laughs> well, far right, top of the page. Well, I wasn't going to say. Yeah, it's the sixth over. You know, like I, I didn't want it had to be on either the left or the or the right, and you know. So it's 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 right there. Click donate, and then it'll give you your options. And uh, yeah, you can you can uh, set it up with your own PayPal account or a credit card or a debit card or whatever. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, it's only two bucks a month, as David has uh, has stated. You will you won't feel a thing. All right. So now let's get to the show. Let's get to the excellent, <laughs> um, intellectually stimulating, uh, hilarious. Show that we have meticulously planned out for today. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, w- I wanted to mention, you know, we, we've done our sort of decade-end lists, but a lot of year-end lists are coming out now. Yeah. Ours will, of course, tr- as per tradition, come out in March. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but um, maybe late February. Yeah. But um, uh, the Onion AV Club has put their best and worst movies yeah. on the list. Now, do you follow our friend Paul Rust on Twitter? Uh I don't, unfortunately. Because he mentioned that he is in one movie on each list. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, and I thought that was that was very funny and and, and worth mentioning. Yeah, but they do honestly like they do kind of go out, out of their way, not necessarily to bash him specifically, uh but they do make mention of uh of him playing significantly younger than he is. Uh like they they devote, you know, each each uh, summary only had like a paragraph mm-hmm. and like two sentences of theirs about I love you Beth Cooper are devoted to him and how old he is. And it was like that's weird. <laughs> but uh but yeah, and and I actually I kind of enjoyed certain parts of I love you Beth Cooper and I thought he did a great job, so I feel like he can he can at least hold his head up high. Um it is a shame that he's not in uh, Inglorious Bastards more. Yeah, but he's in that movie and that's yeah. That's that's a uh, one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, and in my opinion, it's one of the best movies of the decade. What do you think of that? Way to go! <laughs> um, so, uh, 
David, now we didn't, uh, as, as you guys can probably tell because we put so much money, we put so much time into saying, hey, we'd like your money. Uh, <laughs> we, we did not prepare anything for the top of the show because uh, we did, uh, uh, we're doing two shows in one day. And so we usually. Spe- I was kind of hoping talking about Paul Rust would, would lead to something. But, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Well, it's just Paul Rust. Uh, He's a guest. About He's... the best and worst. Because we, we don't do a worst movies of the year list. We don't. I'm, be- I'm glad we don't. Well, I don't think we're qualified to do it simply because we don't. A critic, like a a paid film critic who works for a paper, and that's what they do. I think they're qualified to do it because they have to see everything. Right. You and I have the luxury of seeing whatever we want to see. And as you and I mentioned, you know, you and I were talking a few minutes ago about how there, you know, there's not a lot of bad movies on our lists of you know the movies that we've seen this year because we see the stuff we want to see. And at this point, I think we've both gotten good enough to know. you know, good enough at knowing what we are going to like. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. there's no, uh, you're not going to find Couples Retreat on my list because I didn't go see Couples Retreat. Yeah. I, uh, now I did, I did uh, see uh, It's Complicated. I saw an advanced screening of It's Complicated. What's your review? It's horrible. <laughs> or did I put terrible? I think I put horrible. <laughs> but uh, there's a, I, I believe I, I put a review of it uh, on uh, the BP website so you can read what I didn't like about it, which is a lot. It's really, man. Mer- it's it's interesting. Meryl Streep was in two movies uh, this year. Um, and one was Julie and Julia, which I just saw recently. Now, and don't forget Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's right. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, she's getting, you know, she's the star of, of these, mm-hmm. these other two films. And, and uh, it's complicated. And it's just, a, and one is... Uh, uh, Nora Ephron and one is uh, Nancy Myers, and I know it sounds mean, but because both of them kind of do the you know the the chick flick sort of thing, I always kind of found them interchangeable. And then I I watched Julie and Julia, and it's complicated within about a week of each other, and surprisingly to everybody, I really loved Julie and Julia, and I man, because I because I, I kind of like something's got to give. But man, it's complicated. It's just such a waste of talent, and uh, it just bought, and it's it's interesting to see Meryl Streep in both in both films and just see, you know, what she's required to do. I mean, she carries she and Alec Baldwin, and to a lesser extent, Steve Martin. They carry whatever is good about it's complicated. Like they focus on that, and they through the power of their acting, they make it watchable. Mm-hmm. But Meryl Streep is required to do such stupid things in that film and just it's like hey uh what motivates this character well she seems to enjoy giggling so let's just play up giggling well that's not really a motivation there nancy myers uh you know it's fine though maybe if you laugh enough people will laugh yeah um it's really I remember when something's got to give came out and i i didn't like all that much no. there, there there are things to its credit most mostly because it has some, some good actors in yeah. it you know but it's a pretty dumb movie but uh <coughs> there was a lot of talk about how um, Nancy Myers like it's rare for a, woman, uh, a, a movie directed by a woman to make that much money or be mm-hmm. that popular or be that respect. I don't know what it was supposed to be. It was essentially that there. I felt a lot of pressure from the press to uh, to like that movie or be anti-woman or something like that. You know, and uh, I just want to make you know. As those who read the movie of the week thing, I recently recommended J- Jane Campion film. Yeah. We, you know, we live in an age of of Lynn Ramsey and Nicole Hall of Center, and yeah. uh, uh, there there was another one on the tip of my tongue that I now I can't remember, but uh, 
Mary Heron is not the one I was going to say, but yeah. All right, yeah. There you go. Just, I just wanted to get that out of the way that, uh, you know, you dismiss, not uh, you almost sort of dismissed out of hand both Nora Ephron and Nancy Myers. It's not right. because they're female directors, it's just because they made a lot of bad movies. Right, right, yeah. No, yeah, I didn't mean to, to give that impression because, of course, I love uh, The Hurt Locker. And I love Sofia Coppola. Sure. I mean, oh, how could, Sofia Coppola. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of female filmmakers that I'm a big fan of. I mean, I like Marie Antoinette more than most people I know. Um, you mean you like the movie more than you like more, most people yes, you know? Yes, actually, that's exactly <laughs> what I meant. I realized halfway through, it's like, uh, you know what? I'm going to commit to this because that's kind of true. I could take or leave most people I know. Um, present company uh, completely included. Uh, you're absolutely who I had in mind. Um, but uh, actually, <sighs> so we had nothing for the top of the show, and now I have I, I have like something to go into. That, that's fine. We we've got a very sort of loose topic. That's true. This week, that's maybe true. you can find some way to cram it into that. It might. I, uh, I th- I'll leave the segues to you because you're so good at them. Oh, last week was was. <laughs> that's right. That was a record. Yeah. Uh, record breaking in terms of goodness. Yeah. It's. <laughs> ter- yeah. Indeed. Um. So. Uh, so I went and saw, and we might have talked about this this kind of thing uh, in a in a past episode. So uh, my wife uh, Jenny and I saw um, what you know what? Yeah, <laughs> my wife. Okay, I wasn't going to say it, but uh, here's the deal: that you're movie the only, came out three like, years ago. <laughs> you're like the only married person I know. All right, so. The words "my wife," I've probably heard Borat say them more than I've ever heard anyone else say them. So I think of him first. You need to grow up and start hanging out with couples, because um, uh, once you're part of a couple, I, I guess that's all you got. Um, but uh, so we went and saw my spouse and I went and saw uh, "It's Complicated," and afterwards we were we were eating. And uh, as much as I don't like the movie, Jen hated it even more than I did. It is her least favorite movie. Of the year, and yes, we did both see. Uh, he's just not that into you. All right, <laughs> she liked it less than that. Um, so, and she brought something up interesting. She because we had also recently seen Up in the Air, which is of course a wonderful film. And as we were sitting there, she goes, "You know, like this is all we have, women. Like movies like this. This is this is all we've got. Like there's nothing good out there." You well, know? you said she's talking about incom- it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, like these are the movies that that are like made for women, and these are terrible. She's like, men don't have that. And I said, well, uh, well we do. We've got like Transformers and stuff. You know? Yeah. He goes, yeah, but you've got Up in the Air. I'm like, yeah, but Up in the Air is for everybody. I yeah. Think. It ha- I mean, it happens to Star Man, but that's not. Yeah. Th- yeah, there are as many uh, bad movies. Uh, marketed to me as there are bad movies marketed to women. Yeah, I mean, you it's know, it, it's sort of like I remember, <clears throat> I remember hearing a couple people complain that, um, that The Hangover was somehow like a misogynistic movie because all the women were either like they were like just dumb stereotypes or awful people or just annoying or whatever. Yeah, and I wanted to be like, you know, guys don't come off very well in that movie either. Yeah, you know. If anything, and more time is spent with them. Yeah. So we get to see the depths of their idiocy and depravity. Yeah. I think The Hangover in general is just about a movie, of, uh, just a movie about people who aren't good. They're not good people. Yeah. It's funny what they what happens to them and what they do, but they're not good people. Yeah. So, uh, um, and I remember I found myself thinking just in general the idea of a movie being specifically for somebody. And I remember years ago you and I had a conversation 
in which uh, we were talking about uh, uh, An- Anton. Is it Anton or Antoine Fuqua? Antoine. Antoine Fuqua, and the idea of training day. We were we were thinking like, is this? And I apologize. Hopefully, this doesn't come off as offensive. I don't mean. I certainly don't mean for it to. But the idea of is training day a black film? Like, is it for a black audience? Right. Or is it? And I I remember some somebody had said that they considered it as a film for a black audience. And I thought, what are you talking about? I loved that movie. You know. Yeah, and really, there's not a lot of black people in that movie. Yeah. There's like. Uh, there's Denzel, obviously, but then the right. rest is like there's like there's Snoop like Dogg and Macy Gray, Snoop Dogg, yeah. Dr. Dre, like they show up, but there are more like white or uh, Latino characters right. in the movie than anything else. But no, I you know what? <clears throat> I recently rewatched Training Day and mm-hmm. was reminded of just how much I love it. Yeah, uh, and how much I regret not seeing it in the theater with you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was that was funny because. Well, that was, for some reason, and I don't know if you're still like this, you refused to go see movies alone. And I just didn't want to see Training I'm not Day. opposed to it uh, anymore. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I like talking about movies. And so right. just the idea of, like, I'm going to go see this alone and then just walk home quietly. I you know. generally prefer to see movies alone, except there are basically, like, there are, like, two or three people in the world that I will go see movies with. Mm. You're one of them, of course. Uh, but most... Most people I find annoying to go to the movies with. Yeah. Um, because they uh, sometimes have the audacity to not feel exactly the way I feel about the movie. <laughs> and I'm not in the mood to argue about a movie until it's been a couple of days. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, back to Training Day. Yeah. I recently wa- rewatched it and I was thinking, you know, if that. Uh, I don't know how Denzel Washington became attached to it, but I think that kind of saved the movie because I can I can see a narrow-minded like sort of studio marketing-minded person, mm-hmm. you know, saying, "Well, let's make this a black film, you yeah. know. Let's cast Exhibit or some sort of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, someone uh, some sort of rapper in the lead role and 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 just market it in that direction." Yeah. You know. Um I'm not sure where you were starting with all this. Oh, but oh, yeah. But I have way more to say about Antoine Fuqua okay. in general. Well, I just meant the, the idea of like a movie being for women or for men or for black people or for white people, and just like, well, if a movie, I really feel that if a movie is good, anybody can get something out of it. Is kind of what I was what I was getting at. Yeah, but I'm changing the subject, I guess, a little That's bit to fine. talk specifically about Antoine Fuqua. Okay, um, I've gone on this tirade before. I'm probably sure on have. this show, but. Uh, you mean this episode? No, it's <laughs> entirely possible. Um, uh, you know, I I can see it being marketed that way, it, but luckily Denzel Washington became attached, and luckily, and yes, I say luckily, Antoine Fuqua was the director mm-hmm. because I think he's a good director. Yeah, I think he's been repeatedly reined in and and taken uh, his the legs out from under him by the studio because he has the nerve. The sheer gall to be audacity to be, uh, yeah, to be a black man and not make movies that are specifically for black people. Okay, you know, uh, he made he made King Arthur. He made a movie that took took place, yeah, you know, in ancient Roman times. In <laughs> you know, and, and and he made he made Tears of the Sun, which was no. awful. Um, did you see King Arthur? I did. Did you see the DVD? That yes, uh, it wasn't it wasn't horrible. No, not really. It's, it, it, it's... it had some cheese, like. Most of the Kira Knightley stuff was kind of cheesy, yeah, you know, and didn't seem very historically uh, even close to accurate, like not even suspension of disbelief accurate, you right, know? right. Like, uh, but um, 
Is it uh, overall? I I kind of yeah, liked it. It was a it was a fine movie, and, and uh, I, that that's that's just my feelings about Antoine Fuqua is yeah. that he is has been repeatedly yeah uh, denied the ability to make a very good movie yeah uh, be, because he's not playing into the stereotypes. Yeah, it's uh, and that's I guess that's that's. Something that I, I'm sure executives do it. The idea of like, uh, it's like, well, we're going to market this to a specific demographic. Just mm-hmm. the way, I mean, so many, you know, so many. Uh, I won't even just say studios. I just think people in general will say that, oh, well, this is a movie for children, or this is a movie for women. I'm not going to go see that. That's for women, you know. And it's just like, but if it's, you know, uh, to repeat myself yet again, if it's good, who cares? You know, yeah. you're really missing out. If you say, well, that's for children, as I am an adult, I won't see it. Now, I'm not suggesting we all go see Curious George, but at the same time, you know, uh, and I, th- I think that studios like Pixar, but also, you know, the f- movie Coraline, like, it has kind of changed that perception. But at the same time, unless it's, even then, like, like, well, there's kids' movies and then there's a Pixar film. I'll go see a Pixar film. Well, wait a second. Like, I just saw, on uh, your recommendation, I saw Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Which oh. seems like it's for children primarily, and it's great, isn't it? I we'll really to talk about it. Yeah, but, yeah, I really but. enjoyed it, and it's just to me, it's just like, a, isn't a, isn't a movie being good enough? Like, it's why do you ha- like why would you want to categorize it and just yeah. kind of? And as far as the gender thing, I feel like men do it more. Men are more likely to not see a movie because it's for women than women. Yeah. You know, I you know uh, plenty. I know plenty of women who watch action films you know yeah if only because they get to see jason statham for <laughs> an hour and a half which by the way i remember very in a very early episode i talked about uh we were talking about this idea of like male actors that in a completely heterosexual way yeah we just completely think are awesome okay and at the time mine was timothy oliphant i feel i still think he's pretty awesome yeah but uh with 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 each passing year i'm more enamored of jason statham <laughs> He is just so awesome. Yeah, oh, he's 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 awesome. There's no question, and I respect him because there's he has just carved out a little niche for himself that no one else has any interest in filling. <laughs> like it's, it's just like okay, well, there's action movies, and there's you know there's uh, there's like car movies, and then there's Jason Statham films. Like he is his own subgenre at yeah. this point. And but uh, I recently watched Snatch, which yeah. as much trouble as I give Guy Ritchie for the films he makes, yeah, Snatch is really fun. It's fun. It's, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, um, <coughs> slight tangent. <laughs> That's this tangent. episode's going to be a tangent. <laughs> um, but uh, is it possible to have a tangential episode? <laughs> this in the run of our series, this episode is a tangent. I just saw on the recommendation. That's a strong word. On the discussion by a friend of the show Mike Schmidt, the other day I saw Punisher Warzone. <laughs> Have you seen it, David? No, I not You've seen got it. to see it. Please not alone, because w- I, I thankfully had the forethought to see it with a friend, oh. to watch it with a friend. And that thing is, because ri- I, cause I, I thought about, like, well, okay, there's, there's a Jason Statham films, and now I'm just like, oh, and then there's a subgenre called Punisher Warzone. Like, that's just <laughs> its own thing. It's so ridiculous. It no, is, is so it, ridiculous. Is it ridiculous in a way that's, is it intelligent and committed no. So it's just crazy. Well, Cuz you no, know actually, there's a movie I, I love that you own yeah. that you have never watched. 
uh, starring Keanu Reeves. It's called Constantine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Constantine is awesome, even okay. though it's 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 also a ridiculous movie. Yeah. You know, but it it commits to a certain level, and it clearly is self aware and intelligent about what it's doing. It's not okay. I don't mean to say that it's tongue in cheek or ironic. Yeah. You know it. It knows it's not high art. It knows that it's mostly about, you know, looking cool and like, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? But it it maintains it. It's clearly made by people who know what they're doing. Okay, yeah, I need to qualify an answer that I gave. You asked, is it intelligent and committed? And I said, no, you said, is it committed and intelligent? And I said, no. I should have said, yes, then no. Because it's committed. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, it is, it really has the, you know, the power of of its convictions. Um, it's not smart, and I don't think it's self-aware. Um, the ridiculous action, I think, comes from... It's... I don't think they know it's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I don't know if they... If they think people will laugh. Uh-huh. Um, they, they might... If, at, at best, if I'm giving them a lot of credit, they might think people will laugh by being like, Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. But I'm just like, that's... So ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. <laughs> and just like to me, the most outrageous death. And that's hard to uh, you know qualify because there's a part where the Punisher like punches through a guy's head because that's something you can do. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, so there's there's uh, I-, I saw it with uh, with my friend Josh and he uh, so there's something called a, a parkour. That's like, uh, you know, when people oh, like... P-A-R-K-O-U-R. Jump. Yeah. Yeah. Where, like, people, like, jump yeah. around a lot. You see I'm telling you, District B-13. Oh, I don't got, doubt it. You've got to see it. And you, have you seen Casino Royale yet? No. All right. The first the first part of it is amazing. Uh-huh. Basically, it's just, like, people just defying gravity somehow. They just jump up walls and stuff, and it's all done, you know, just... They don't have any, like, tools or anything. It's just the person themselves. It's really amazing to watch when done well. So there's these characters in uh, <laughs> these characters in Punisher Warzone who like they're like really into parkour. They're villains, and so uh, and they're, but they're like henchmen sort of. They're like uh, renegades, mercenaries, and uh, so they're talking with Dominic West, whose performance is absolutely terrible because um, it's so over the top. I have to assume because he's a good actor. I have to assume he's like, oh, this is this is atrocious. This script. I'm gonna let everybody know how bad I think it is by <laughs> distancing myself from it uh, in my performance. But anyway, so they're talking to to him, and then he gives them an assignment, and they're like, all right. And they're like, do you mind if we use the roof instead of the door? And he goes, sure, go ahead. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So they basically, because it's like, oh, boy, now we get to jump off a roof because this is something we do. <laughs> and uh, and so, so there's that. So it's established that these guys like doing this kind of thing. Uh-huh. There's a scene... <laughs> There's a scene later on. And this one might have been done with a tongue-in-cheek. This one might have been done with a sense of humor. Maybe not. I really don't know. Uh, Where the three guys, they're jumping from one roof to another. And so the first guy jumps and does, like, this neat flip. And it's in, like, that awesome Matrix-y slow motion. And then he makes it. And you're like, wow, that's really amazing. How did they do that? And then the second guy jumps. This is also in slow motion. And then we see a rocket fire into him and blow him up to the point where his body he's doesn't exist anymore. He's blown into pieces. All right. I'm, and the punisher definitely watching this movie. Yeah. And then you see the and then it cuts to the punisher standing on another rooftop with a rocket launcher. And then uh, 
then the the third guy who's not yet made the jump, he's a little confused because he just saw his his buddy cease to exist, and so he's like, "What's going on?" And then like Punisher takes his sweet ass time picking up a rifle and shooting him in the head, but uh, but seeing that seeing that awesome flip and then seeing the rocket just go come from from out of frame into the guy and then just his he's not around anymore he's just a a fine red mist uh it's it's absolutely insane i'm sorry i didn't mean to spend so much time on this what was that i'm definitely seeing it oh yeah now we know from rome that ray stevenson is a good actor is he is he a good actor in yeah he's just not given much to do he's not given a lot of notes to play punisher is if anything a one note character sure um but they do try and give him like you know moments of regret and stuff like that, which just seem forced and artificial. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a ridiculous movie. By all means, uh, see it with your friends. Well, this can uh, we're still going to talk about the topic, although I don't think I'm going to put it in the show description because people will, yeah yeah it will be misleading to people yeah. But um, uh, let's let's get into that right now. Actually, the okay. the, to- the the sort of mini topic I wanted to talk about here. Um, have I provided you with a, a segue? It's just in a way. I mean, uh, just just I was just thinking about comic books, okay. you know, and um, uh, and, you know, there's a there's obviously a nerd community of fans around comic books, right? You know, and of course there's a a film fan community as well. Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to sort of do today is is to try to make some steps in toward uh, defining what that is. Yeah. What is the film fan? community you yeah. know how does it uh, i i mean <clears throat> you can you can compare it to comic books I and mean, when we who aren't big comic book people i mean you and i both have read comic books yeah. but we're not we tend to think of the comic book fan community as the nerdy fans of like superhero comics yeah you know but obviously that's not all that comic books are yeah you know there are there are different kinds of comic books and therefore different kinds of fans you yeah. know and it's really the same you know, with movies. Yeah. You know, and there's a reason when I go to, I talked about this uh, when I got back from Comic-Con, you know, that I, I do very few movie-related stuff, things, yeah. uh, at at Comic-Con because it's mostly not the kind of movies that I'm interested in. Yeah. You know, or, you know, I went to the Terry Gilliam one this time, obviously, you know, yeah. because that's great, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I don't like. I'm. I know I'm not going to see Max Payne or the Spirit. Or the, yeah. You know these kind of things. Um. So I don't go to them because I, I as I as a film fan, am into uh, different kinds of. Film. I'm into. I, I'm more. I, I guess I'm a little snobby about it. But yeah. No, I'm. I'm into the more sort of literary, dramatic type of, and you know, and uh, foreign, personal, intimate films. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, in addition to being into cool stuff like Constantine, yeah, <laughs> I'm very broad, broad-minded. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but of course, there are other things like t- television, specifically, yeah. in which I'm very much that kind of uh, yeah, comic, like Comic Con person. Yeah, the way you are with Lost. I mean, I'm yeah. a huge fan of Lost, but like you, you I'm a out-nerd nerd me. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we're not. We're not. Let's not. We don't want, want to talk about uh, about TV or about comic books. Let's talk about the film community yeah. and 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 what it means to be a film fan. Uh, and I'll tell you how, how I got yeah, to thinking yeah. about this. I was sitting in the movie theater uh just uh uh yesterday or no, just t'other day. Um <laughs> watching The Road. Yeah, that wasn't yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday was up in the air, which is great. Yeah. Um and I was thinking about how 
even though I'm in a theater full of people, yeah, the road wasn't exactly full actually. Right. But uh, when I am in a theater full of people, uh, it's different than once again. I'm gonna bring up comparisons, but if I go to a a, a rock show or a comedy show, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in a room full of people and I feel a part of the crowd. Yeah, you know, when you're in a movie theater, at least for me. I don't really feel like I'm a part of the audience. I feel like the movie is the movie isn't going out to the audience. It's going out separately and individually to each person in the theater. Yeah. You know, so even though you're in a room full of people, that's not really a part of the experience. That's just the most convenient delivery system. Right. right. <laughs> you know, uh, or it was when it was invented. Obviously, things are changing now. Indeed. That's why people watch movies in the living rooms alone because you can – uh, apart from the argument we had on uh, or discussion we had on the slash film cast, yeah, um, about well that episode know. is not aired yet though. Oh, okay. There's an upcoming episode on the slash film cast where we we're going to talk about uh, uh, the differences between seeing a movie theater, movie in the theater, and movie at home. You know, yeah. apart from all that, like the visual stuff and and the effect that has, you know, um, the, the difference between seeing it with people and seeing it alone mm-hmm. is not there is none. You know, yeah. When I saw Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, I was literally the only person in the movie theater. Oh wow! Um, because it had been out for two months, and I saw it at nine thirty p.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it, it, I don't think my experience was any different yeah. because there weren't other people. In fact, I'd probably say I had a better experience because I could, especially in a funny movie like that, like uh, if something if something happened that. It's, it always happens to me that whatever I think is the funniest thing in the movie is <laughs> all, doesn't get a huge laugh. It's always some like throwaway line, and people you'll hear some chuckles, and I just yeah. like can't stop laughing about you laugh it. Like I, Robert De Niro in Cape Fear, you just can't. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is full of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I was able to just fully just let loose as if I were because I don't know if you are. Are you a guy who, if you're watching something funny at home alone, laughs out loud? Because I so it has, do. I, it I has let to loose. be. You know what? It it has to be like really funny for me to chuckle, but I don't. There have only been like in the last year, I can only think of like three things where I laugh. I was watching it alone, like it was probably late at night. Jen was probably asleep, and it just hit me the right way, and I could not stop laughing. And it was to me the funny. And I immediately like if it was on TV or something, I'd immediately go to the computers. Like this episode needs to be somewhere here, right on the internet, because I need to see that again. Um, like that Simpsons thing I told you about where, uh, a brief summary, uh, Lisa is being tempted to, uh, do, oh, uh, tempted to like hurt somebody because she's, uh, in like a math, uh, a math program and, and, uh, she's impersonating a boy and so that she can learn math. And, uh, and it goes into a fantasy sequence where there's all of these, uh, you know, math symbols and numbers floating around. <laughs> and uh, and so there's a greater than or equal to sign that uh, it sprouts eyes. And then it, it says, do it, Lisa. You'll be greater than or equal to boys. <laughs> okay, so that's funny already. Okay, and then, then the number eight comes and says, it's like, uh, even though you're only eight, your, uh, your uh, opportunities will be infinite as it turns on its mm-hmm. side. And then the number 27 just comes up and goes, 27 <laughs> i could not stop laughing it because i wasn't expecting it and it's and it's 
and it's Hank Azaria in full crazy ridiculous thing just yelling 27 and I couldn't stop laughing uh-huh. and but that is actually surpri- as much as I, I like to laugh but that's actually surprisingly rare I'm somebody who I am less likely to laugh hard when I'm by myself which is why I'm much you know years ago uh, I saw Meet the Parents in a theater full of people laughing and I laughed right there with them and I remember it as like this incredibly funny movie I saw it again in the theater there were fewer people and so there wasn't as much laughter going on I'm like this isn't that good this isn't that funny there's a couple laughs well now now you're saying that the the communal experience did change your no it's for yeah the communal experience does change it for me okay not so before we get to that I want to talk about me laughing out loud and stuff this often happens where I'll laugh a lot at something that's just, it's just the line reading, and mm-hmm. it's not anything specifically funny, okay. you know? And then I'll try to tell somebody later, and it just won't. Yeah. And I was thinking recently about an episode of The Sopranos, okay. where Tony is at, at lunch with uh, one of the guys from New York, the younger guy, I can't yeah. remember his name. Uh, and the guy just, he, he like orders a drink, and then he goes, no, wait, you know what? Bring me an Alder, Arnold Palmer. And he says to Tony, he's like, you know, I always wanted to try that, but I never think to order it. <laughs> it. It just cracked me up. And I was trying to tell someone about it, and it had no effect on them at all because it's not a funny line, but it's right. hilarious. Well, and it's and it's, I think it's all about the context. Like these guys <laughs> yeah. are probably de- deciding, hey, are we going to have this war where people are going to die? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, Arnold Palmer. I could really go for one of those. Yeah, but anyway, so let's talk about so you, uh, so for you seeing a movie in a theater with other people uh, does have have a, uh, a a noticeable effect. It does, especially with uh, with comedy, um, but I would say it does with drama as well because I I don't I don't see myself as somebody who like cries a lot during films. But it's odd that you bring up the road because at the end of it, I was I wasn't weeping. I'm not much of a weeper, but. Uh, but I was really welling up to the point where like tears were like coming down my cheek, uh, and but I I like and if I was at home, I would probably would have just let that happen. But I don't want to be seen as some kind of you know wuss or something by people in a darkened theater. I, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But just uh, so like I I wasn't letting myself get i was already emotionally invested in what was happening but i wasn't letting myself be as much as i probably would that have did happen alone. to me i saw invictus recently yeah with with friend of the show pat healy yeah. but not a guy i've hung out with all that much i don't yeah. know him that well yeah. and invictus really brought it out of me because it's yeah. so inspirational it's uplifting that's the kind of stuff that makes me cry i don't cry at anything sad yeah so ah, cry me a river get over it uh, I cry at sad things. No, Dave. I'm joking. Okay, then. obviously, because the end of the road is really sad. Yeah, um, but yeah, I kind of had that like, just like continually sort of <laughs> right. like wiping at my cheeks to do because I didn't want the lights to come up and me to just be sitting in a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Pat Healy cry or did he just hate uh, the movie? I, I didn't ask him. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, no, I just mean it was noticeable. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, okay, I, like I had my head turned the other way. So indeed, yes, yes, I, yeah. Um. But yeah, I uh, I do find maybe that is one of the reasons that I because when you'll find when you'll when you listen to the slash film cast uh, that we're on you'll you'll if if you do it's not an order but when we, you we listen would, to it we would very much appreciate it if you listen to the slash film cast that's on it and I'm sure that the slash film cast would very much appreciate it as well right they're not hurting for numbers and it's a good show and it's good yeah even when I, we're not on it 
It's a good show, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's better when we're on it, David, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that goes. Uh, the people who are listening to us, they're our fans. That's true. They know that. That's true. Uh, <laughs> you're very possessive of, of our fans, David. Yeah, um, I am. Whoa. Well, I don't want to find out that uh, I was going to try and think of a, <laughs> someone's name, but I don't want to single anybody out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the idea of, of seeing a movie in the theater, uh, there are some people who just uh, sh- who kind of shy away from it. And I don't like the idea of like people talking, and that's always a, a possibility. But there is something to be said for like the communal experience, the idea that you've all like when I saw United 93, it was in a, it was in a full theater and there was just something about the fact that we were all experiencing this at the same time. And somehow it kind of brought us all closer together so that like afterwards I was actually interested in listening to other people's conversations to see what they had to say about it. Um, usually I try to avoid hearing what other people might have to say because I'm almost positive it's going to bother me. Um, but with United 93, because it was just such a, you know, the experience of that film, it's just so moving and so uncomfortable. Um, I really wanted to see what somebody who isn't a movie snob like me has to say. Mm -hmm. And, and so it really, it can enhance the, uh, the experience for me, like, you know, when I went and saw uh, Citizen Kane, I mean, just it was all it, that's a little different because it's all people who love the film, of course, or people who haven't yeah. seen it before. I can see that when it's like a revival type thing and people are like sort of cheering at, at parts. If yeah. It's a good. I've also had the, you know, I would say never go see a revival thing. I mean, go see it because you should. But prepare yourself. You're going to go see a revival of like a comedy. Yeah. Because uh, everyone wants to prove that they get it more they're either like ah. fake laughing too loud or laughing before the joke to say that ah, i know this movie so well i know it's about to happen you know i saw i saw this as spinal tap in a movie theater and yeah i'm so glad i did but holy shit it was so annoying i have two stories um because i think i think this might actually bring i also by the way i saw monty python and a holy grail in, in the movie theater didn't necessarily have the same experience because i'm afraid i might be one of those people because oh, really? of how much i love that movie and how big a nerd i am about it I was totally that nerd who could quote like the entire movie. Yeah, when I was in like junior, like middle middle school, it was actually people quoting that movie that kind of soured me on it. It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> flesh wound. I get it. Um, but the uh, let me mute that. Um, yeah, and I guess this might actually kind of take the, our conversation in a slightly different direction because we are talking about fandom. That's fine. Were we headed in a certain direction? Not particularly, <laughs> but this 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 adds this adds the to the conversation where. Yeah, okay, so I saw two, there, there are two movies, because as much as I loved seeing Network and Citizen Kane, where people, they didn't necessarily cheer, but like they laughed at the stuff that is, that's funny, I mean they just, clearly there was just love in that room for the film. Uh-huh. So, but I saw Jaws uh-huh. in the theater, and I loved it, I'm, I'm you know, like, like yourself, I'm very happy I saw it in the theater, it was really an experience, but there were, there were like, like hipster people who just somehow weren't they wouldn't allow themselves uh to just get into the film they had to be commenting on it uh in the positive or negative it's still annoying mm-hmm. and uh, and so like there's a scene where the mayor it's right after uh, uh an attack and the mayor is in the hospital smoking and 
at the time in 75 that wasn't a big deal but now with the you know don't get me wrong i i'm i'm fine with people not you know smoking indoors uh i'm not yeah i won't get into that but just it, it doesn't necessarily bother me but at the same time just just the it, crap i could there's a pretty good case to be made for not smoking in a hospital oh yeah absolutely okay. <laughs> absolutely but at the same time just like yeah you know this was at this point 34 years ago uh-huh. all right so let's not so the mayor is smoking in the hospital he's really shaken and and stressed and and uh and I hear somebody like down the aisle for me being like, smoking in the hospital. That's awesome. It's just like, ugh, just leave it at the door, man. You know, like it just, nothing you have, I'm sure we're all thinking it. You don't need to say it because you didn't, you weren't whispering it to your friend. You were saying it for everybody. Mm-hmm. And just like, look, it, I, it just, it didn't help anything, you know? And then when I saw, I saw Aliens. Uh, at a midnight show, and of course, a midnight show, you kind of expect yeah, sure. a certain kind of uh, 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 audience reaction to yeah. to the film. Yeah, I um, saw The Crow at a midnight show once, and it was a blast. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun because there's all people who loved it. But much like when you you know uh, see a comedy, you know pe- everyone's like anticipating stuff, and people just keep saying "game over." All right, and it's like, yeah, we all know the line's coming, and then when the line is said, they say it again, and then they s- keep saying it. it's like. Look, we all know the line, all right? <laughs> okay, and then when they when he does say it, everybody applauds. And then when Ripley says, "Get away from her, you bitch!" There's applause. Fine, I'm fine with applauding that line. It's a nice, it's a nice hero shot kind of line. Yeah. But like, just they just kept saying, kept saying like, "Game over, man." It's like, Look, man. Okay, we all we all know we all get it. You don't need to show that you get it as well, because we all do. We're seeing Aliens. It came out in 86. It's 2009. We're all seeing it. We all get it. And it just, it bothered me so much. Like, as you say, the idea of people somehow wanting to show that they get it more than you do. Like, hey, in case you didn't know this line's coming up, I'll let you know that I know. You know, and just just people who somehow refuse to just... I've seen Aliens a lot in my life. And when I saw it in the theater... You mean just... Out and about in the world, everywhere I go, and so <laughs> well, it's only just, when you're wearing your special sunglasses. Right, so. <laughs> exactly, my yeah, you know, like in They Live, that thing is like a like a documentary. Anyway, <laughs> of my life, so so yeah, it's it's frustrating when because you will find this, and we've talked about this before. The idea of like film nerds nerds versus uh, film snobs, and the idea that. That there are people who just somehow, and I and we ran across, I, I ran across teachers like this uh, when we went to school. That they just they won't they won't acknowledge that, like yeah, this is a it's a movie, it's an emotional experience, it's a visceral experience. Just let yourself get into it. They just there are people who seem to feel like we talked last week with uh, Sean Conroy about. Just there seem to be people who just always seem content to just sit back and let you know that they know what's really going on, <laughs> uh, whether it be an awareness of a film that you've already seen or just refusing to acknowledge uh, a new film as something that could possibly be good. Um, and that's like the annoying part of fandom, just like snobs, just like I almost respect a legit snob who says, hey, this is good and this isn't. And if you like this, my respect goes down for you. But you're welcome to like this good thing as well. And when you and when you do, my respect for you, as far as movies go, will raise a little bit. 
I don't necessarily I don't like that <laughs> attitude, but I do understand it as opposed to a snob who literally just somehow views life as just a constant trivia contest. And he's right. like, you haven't seen this. I'm better than you. It's not about how people react to film. It's literally just I saw it before you did. So I win. Yeah. And it's just that's and that's just a nerd thing, specifically a male yeah. nerd thing. Yeah. Because just because listen, just because male nerds aren't into sports. And yeah. aren't that athletic doesn't mean they're not competitive pricks because <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I mean, we're, we should kind of wrap up. It sounds like the, the conclusion we've come to mm-hmm. is that uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this, but when a movie first comes out, mm-hmm. seeing it is not necessarily a communal experience, maybe more so for you than me. Right, right. <clears throat> because <clears throat> it's only when you, when, when you go in, and it's only once the movie has uh, has sort of seeped into the community yeah. that seeing it becomes a commu- communal experience. It's like yeah. we all go out and we see these movies, yeah. and we come back and we talk about them, yeah. and we decide which one's a part of the community, and then we go see them again, and then it's a communal experience. Right, right. I mean, it's just somehow movies just kind of emerge as like, all right, this Big Lebowski movie that none of us saw when it came out. Yeah. Is like all right. We've all Office Space is another one. like cult classics, but not necessarily just that. Speaking of Big Lebowski and Sam Elliott and communal experiences, <laughs> I did. Ha- I don't know if you had this when you saw Up in the Air. Uh-huh. The moment Sam Elliott appears on screen, yeah, he just shows up. Yeah, everyone laughed. Did that happen in your screening? Uh there are some chuckles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's. I, I like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. because it's just like oh, because you know. I'm not going to give any spoilers away, yeah. but you know based on the conversation that uh, that this character is going to show up. Yeah. You know? And and when he does show up, you go, oh, of course it's played by Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that's the thing is, uh, laughter like that, and this is, because I kind of chuckled as well, and I, yeah. I certainly perked up. Yeah. Um, much as I did when J.K. Simmons popped up on screen. Sure. It's like, hey, all right. Um, and But that's a, Honestly, like, that's a film nerd reaction. Uh-huh. You know, uh, like, if my mom saw it, she'd be like, oh, this character is being played by Sam Elliott. Right. Okay. If that even registered. Uh-huh. You know, but for us, it's that laughter of like, ha this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember, and I'm, I'm sure I've told this story before, a story that you told me when you were in a, a film noir class where Peter Laurie showed up. Uh-huh. Uh, in a movie that you were watching, doing nothing particularly funny. Now he always found a way to make something funny. Yeah. But in in his first scene, he's not he's threatening. He's not funny. Uh-huh. But like this one guy in your class just kept laughing and kept going, <laughs> like, "Hey, I know Peter Lorre. We all know Peter Lorre. Yeah, we're know? in film school. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, it's uh, the way. I feel like that's you know how a film becomes a cult classic is another another episode that we could have because it really is interesting like what makes the cut and what doesn't and and why i mean uh-huh. it's, I, I don't i don't really re, uh, like understand i mean there are there are some films that in my lifetime have become cult classics but as it happens by a weird twist of fate like i saw big lebowski twice in the mo- in the theater uh-huh. like i saw it and i was telling all my friends we've got to see this and then it took probably about four or five years for it to really catch on and then I saw Office Space as a new release. My video store had one copy of it. And I was like, oh, that looked interesting to me in the theater, but I didn't get around to seeing it. I'll watch it now. I was like, this is great. And I recommended it to all my friends. And I don't – there are plenty of movies that I've 
gotten you know that I've seen much later than everybody else. So I'm not saying like, oh, I'm I always know the you know the minute it comes out, nothing like that. But uh, but I really I don't see any rhyme or reason to it. There are films that, as you and I have mentioned, they seem to be made knowing this is going to be a cult classic, and then maybe it doesn't really work. Like Slither hasn't really caught on yet the way I think it should have. It definitely should. Yeah, that's everything about that seems like a cult classic. Uh, but it also it doesn't. It seems like a an earnestly made film. It's yeah, not, yeah. It's not snakes on a plane where it's trying. Oh to man, be a, uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll we'll save that because I yeah we've never talked about cult classics. I think that'd be interesting. Okay, but, but well let's uh yeah leave it, it on that teaser for some unknown date in the possibly near or possibly distant future when we talk <laughs> about cult classics. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but yeah, and I, I I feel bad because I think the idea of this episode is a is a is a good one in that, you know, talking about what it is to be part of the film community, like the frustrations and the, and as you say, the, the communal experience, like how it can really bring people together. Um, like that really is amazing. I mean, any, any kind of thing, I mean, whether you're the fan of a specific team and all of a sudden, like any difference you might have with another person goes away because they're a fan of this team. I mean, you can <laughs> find it all over, but at the same time, you know, like anything else, but I would say, like with nerds, especially of any kind, uh-huh. uh, there's an element there that's just like, well, you get you're you're the one giving us a bad name, buddy. <laughs> right? You're the reason that comic book guy exists in, on The Simpsons. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I've tried not to be that, and I hope that I am not that. But you never know. <laughs> I think we're all probably that about something. Probably yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm that way with Tom Waits. I bet I probably am a little bit. Yeah. But that's not movies, so I'm okay with it. Didn't I want to say that on this show that I think anyone who doesn't like the way of the gun just doesn't get it and (laughs) doesn't appreciate it the way I do, and even other people who like it probably don't appreciate it as much as I do? (laughs) Yeah, that might be. Yeah, yeah. All right, so So you're that way with with the way of the gun. That's very specific. Yeah. But, But, uh, well, we got to go because we got to be somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. clear on the other side of town yeah uh so um thanks for listening uh as always you can find us at battleshipretention.com you can subscribe to us on itunes and uh, please do please write us a review it would be nice you know um you can donate to us you can donate in this new super special way that uh you won't even feel you'll forget you did it and it won't have an effect on you yeah that's how great it is so tonight sleepwalk your way over the computer and donate yeah you'll never know you did it right exactly uh, and of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the Pretension. I've crossed 500 followers a few weeks ago. I know. By the way, finally, it took. I was making. I was, man, I was going full steam ahead. It's like hitting 200, hitting 300, yep. and then around 400, it started to slow down, and then I eventually crawled across. Yeah. Like like Jay Sherman on that episode of The Critic when he ran the marathon, I <laughs> crawled across the uh, finish line at 500 there. But uh, uh, and of course, you, uh, that's at the Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons, right? Which is the Twitter for his own podcast, uh, More Than One Lesson, which is at More Than One Lesson dot com. Yeah. Um, before we, I'll tell you this story after. But right now, I just want to say this is a special. This episode, I want to de- I want to dedicate. I don't know your last name, but this is for Alan. I recently spoke with Mike Wildermuth. Your message got across. And it, it made my day. So thank you, Alan, for uh, for for that. And I'll explain it to you after after the uh, episode right. is and over. And on that very yeah. touching note, yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.